Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I am your host, Dom Fusco, and it is a pleasure to be bringing you today's episode with my good friend, Anthony Marshall Prugel, better known as Tony or TP, whatever you want to call him. This is just a good old-fashioned chat about life. I met Tony virtually a couple of months ago. I was actually a guest on his podcast, uh, the Total Potential Podcast, which was a lot of fun, and we've became really good friends, and we talk all the time, and it has just been a great relationship. So TP is a virtual technology producer, a media consultant and director. He owns some uh, family-owned commercial real estate, uh, does some really cool things there, uh, Stone Lick Studios and Stone Lick Productions. So he has this incredible, incredible facility, which he works in out in um, Ohio. So if, if you can look on his pages to see um, you know, all of the pictures and videos of, of the awesome stuff he's got on. He is the sole proprietor of College Beats. He is the Total Potential Podcast host. He is an ambassador for ViewStub. And a few years ago in 2017, I believe it was, you'll hear him talk about it, go more in depth about it in the show. He actually got the chance to work with Post Malone, pre-face tats. So that's another great story. This is a bit of a longer episode, so I won't waste your time with the intro. Just know that this conversation was very meaningful and it was two friends who are just on the pursuit of, you know, finding more in life and living life to the max. So I hope that you're able to take something away from this. If you enjoy it, share it, give it a five-star review on Apple. Uh, let me know what you think. And I will be back for the Monday message on Monday. So enjoy this episode with my good friend, Tony. Tony, my friend, it is about time that we did this. Yep, we've been talking about it for the past couple of weeks, and I even had an opportunity to be on Krista's podcast before yours, and you're the whole reason of uh, us getting together, so I really appreciate that. Of course, man. Really, really excited to get into this conversation. Like you said, you know, you, me, and Krista, and you know, some other people have been connecting, and uh, just really like-minded individuals. It's crazy what you can come up with when, it, you're when you're also focused on the other person. You're not with, with the sole focus of yourself. When you're thinking about how you can help someone else, it comes full circle. And it's really, it really has with the three of us. And we've, you know, we've come up with some great ideas and it's all just based on us. We're not thinking of ourselves at all. It's yeah. And I think, I think person. you're also a product of your environment of and course. that if you don't help the people in your environment, then if they're broke, you're going to be broke. And I think that not a lot of people understand that when you're nickeling and diming people that, you know, may not have the money. So I think, you know, investing people like Dom, you know, and helping, you know, you with different media or Krista with different sort of media that we're really going to be able to form a really high quality network of, like you said, you know, like-minded. It's, it's kind of like, if you can't beat them, join them from the corporation standpoint that we have to create an independent corporation of people that are mutually benefiting from each other. Absolutely. So I want to talk to you about, you can see if for anybody watching, you can see it in the bottom right corner of Tony's screen, uh, the logo for his podcast. So 
the Total Potential Podcast. Where does that name come from? What does it mean to you? And, you know, just kind yeah, of tell absolutely. me about it a little bit. Well, I'm looking around right here for my sign, but I had a mobile auto detailing business at 15 years old. And so total potential was what I would tell a lot of customers that if you have a five-year-old, 10-year-old car, yeah, sure, you can pay me three, $400, but I can only reach that car's total potential. So that's how I look at business now, you know, going forward, going to business school that you can only really find the total potential in anyone. And that that is my whole goal in starting the podcast was to help other people find their total potential while I'm seeking my own total potential. Okay. I got you. And that kind of stemmed from your entrepreneurial mindset as you yeah. were a kid. And yep. that's kind of brought you to where you're at now. So I know you can talk about it a little bit, but you did not go the traditional nine to five route. Uh, you didn't finish school right away. And like you said, you're just still in the process of getting there. But talking with you, you have more knowledge of electronics and the digital world than probably anybody I've ever met. Yeah, well, you know, as an only child in the middle of, can we curse on here? Yeah, you can do Okay, bumfuck Ohio, you know, to be <laughs> completely honest, you know, Stone Lake, Ohio that this is kind of the life, you know, that being an only child, you know, uh, men often live lives of quiet desperation, right? And that through sacrificing, well, what, what did we have? I had a computer when I was four years old, right? That I was given Photoshop or Adobe Essentials, right? That I worked with programs, you know, had some experience in high school in hardware, but mostly gym classes, you know, that I would go, you know, I didn't take one photography class. I didn't take one art class. It was all, you know, I loved going to the gym, uh, at least back then with being a dancer as well. So I was like very agile and I'd always love to go to the gym classes and we're like the typical football players or soccer players that, you know, think they're hot shit. Well, you know, I'm dancing twice a week that I can't go to practice or I don't want to injure myself, you know, because we had opportunities to go to Europe or, you know, different things like that. And I felt that the gym classes were benefiting more, you know, physically. And uh, but now coming into the media sphere, I just went to college to find out what I wanted to do. Like a lot of people in business that, yeah, sure, you're going to go to business school, but I would say that the entertainment business chose me. I didn't choose it. So that's kind of my story where, you know, through going to business school, you know, meeting a partner in a marketing class. And, you know, I'd always go into a, a group situation doing all the work because I wanted to get, you know, 3.8 GPA, Dean's List. And this was the first opportunity that I had to work with a partner that, yeah, sure, I still had to do the PowerPoint. I had to do... 75% of the work, but I found somebody that did 25% of the work. And so that was the company that I ended up uh, working with the past four years. So all the hours I've spent on the phone with you over the past couple <laughs> of weeks, never knew that you were a dancer. Never Absolutely. would have expected you were a dancer. Yeah, exactly. That my grandparents, uh, my Oma is from Romania. 
My opa is from Hungary, and we belong to the Donaschwaben Society. We have Oktoberfest. We have several dance groups. We've got actually 16 venues throughout the United States, which is kind of one of the main reasons why I've gotten you know, into building up this entertainment company is that we're German, so we've got like soccer fields. So I'm talking about 11-acre properties with a 250-person hall, 500-person halls, outdoor pavilions, and that we already have the capacity to have Oktoberfest. So I'm talking about shoe plotlering. I'm talking about full-on lederhosen. Like, I've got a $400 pair of lederhosen in my, uh, you know, totally custom-made, you know, 30 to 40 couples, you know, in a dance group. Um, you didn't want to wear the lederhosen for the interview? Oh, I have, actually, for extra credit <laughs> that... You know, I had to squeeze, like, although I did get a 3.8 GPA, whenever I would, you know, just be that close, you know, I would be willing to wear lederhosen for extra credit, and I actually did. And I ultimately think uh, the last week of class of my macroeconomics class, I wore my lederhosen to B-dubs <laughs> to get that extra credit. Because I was at a C, you know, I was maybe a couple points away from a B, and in a way to get a B, I'm, I'm willing to really do anything. And that's the type of person I am, like you said, as an entrepreneur, not going the traditional direction, that I've always seen myself as 150% in or 150% out. And if I were to have a nine to five job, I would want to give that company 150%. That then, you know, whether or not it's not focusing on myself or not focusing on helping other people, that you know, just my loyalty, you know, if I did have a nine to five job that I think, um, just the type of person that I am that I would want, excuse me to, I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about that? Like between having your own business and working for somebody else, like have, have, has that gone on that in your mind a little bit? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know me, I haven't graduated yet, so I'm kind of in that you know, kind of time frame yeah. right now. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm in that transition, but I think ultimately I want to be an entrepreneur, a self-sustaining entrepreneur. Yeah. However, I do think that there is experience to be had working for somebody else, learning and uh, acquiring knowledge so that you can then leverage that to become, you know, create something on your own. Because I think that creating something for like you creating something for others like you and I do with this podcast is so fulfilling to me, like bringing value to others and networking with people. Like I would have never met you. I uh, would have never, never met Krista and none of this would be going on. Yeah. If you know, you didn't, if I didn't, either of us decided to like step out of our also, comfort It's also indirect marketing as well. Yeah. Right. That yeah, instead sure. of like trying to hit somebody up in the DMS and say, Hey, let's do business. Rather it's, Hey, I'd love to feature on my podcast. Oh, it just happens that we have to have a pre-interview chat. But not only are you learning about that person, but you're also getting a peek into their business to see, you know, where you possibly could help. And I think, you know, talking to Krista about creating a professional social network service, mm -hmm. you know, where we're, we're interviewing all of these great people and that we wouldn't be having them on the podcast if we didn't like them, right? And if we like them or if, you know, our audience likes them, 
that makes a pretty good employee. It's almost like companies are open, opening up their interview to the world, you know, and you're able to just pick whoever you want because they've already been on four or five different interviews or podcasts. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you was because you decided not to go the traditional nine to five route and in turn you're working. I mean, I know, I know you and you work your ass off every single day because you're trying to build something, but when you do that, you're also, you know, giving up something, sacrificing, so, sacrificing yeah. something. Exactly. So I'm sure you have other friends. You're 26, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure you have other friends who went mowing grass, route. cutting grass, you know, yeah. uh, selling cars, you know, getting baited into buying expensive cars and then being, you know, you're in debt, you know, that you come in to make money as a salesman and then they say, Oh, well, you know, here's this, $40,000 Camaro that, you know, you know, you want, and then you end up paying for this. And then you're totally trapped into working them, working with them for the rest of your life. Cause how else are you going to pay for that car? Right. Yeah. So or the yeah. physical damage of, you know, mowing grass for the rest of your life, you know, and that's what I didn't want with the detailing was the chemicals, you right. know, that that's obviously trouble. Yeah. So it's all about longevity too. Yeah. So you didn't see yourself being happy ultimately and the end of the day. So you were willing to take those sacrifices to continue yeah. to build something that is going to fulfill you for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I think another part of it too, to be considerate of is privilege that, mm -hmm. you know, I am very lucky owning family owned commercial real estate that my grandfather and grandmother put me in this position in order to take this risk that, they worked their butt off having a machine shop, that that's what was in here previously. And that uh, he did pass away when I was one or two, so I really didn't get to know him too well. But I feel like if he were to be around, we would be inventing things, right? And I feel that I want to continue his entrepreneurial journey that my grandfather didn't bust his butt to put me in this position to just go get a job. That, you know, I need to provide a, a multiple of what he provided to me to my grandchildren you know and that's something that me and Krista disagreed on you know last night that I was talking about uh you know sure I want to buy a Tesla you know I love that but as far as like saving money and becoming wealthy you know versus you know spending money on Gucci or spending money on you know different flashy things where you know, from a business standpoint, we'll eventually be working with these companies or shooting feature films. So, you know, we'll have a bunch of props to give Krista. But that I think that's a big divider also is do you want to be rich or do you want to be wealthy? You know, do you do it for you or do you do it for your kids, you know, and your grandkids, right? And that's the type of mentality of generational wealth that I'm trying to create for Dom's grandchildren. Because if I'm not worried about Dom's grandchildren's education, I'm no f friend to Dom, right? So that's kind of how I picture um, these relationships. That's like, if someone's not looking out for your grandchildren, they shouldn't be like in your network, period. You know? Right, yeah. So they're not just there to collect a check and- Yeah, a lick, it. it's, a lick. yeah, yeah right. exactly. That, and that's what I'm trying to do with the studio here. Like, although, yeah, we got to pay taxes, you know, like there are bills to be had, 
but I think that uh, this is, I mean, look at behind me. Like, this is my fantasy factory that, you know, I may not be here now, but in hopefully two to ten years, like, this is not a green screen behind me, right? Yeah, exactly. You're actually doing the interview with that behind you yeah. instead of the, the purpose, right? right? Like, this exactly. is the purpose. And I think green screens are super cheesy and that for me, I've had to been very, very conservative because I think green screens, animation, it's not really that high tech yet, right? And obviously, I've got 4K, so it looks pretty decent. I mean, what, what's your, what's your thoughts that I know on your previous podcast you kind of ran through the pages like what have you seen on my page that has uh struck struck you well college beats which i want to ask you about which is really what interests me the most oh, uh, yeah. about that everybody watching if you can see that right now so can you just take everybody into what college beats is how it started and like how it's progressed since sure. you started it sure so this is college beats and it was a company that I had the primary purpose of promoting and after four years that has been successful and I am actually independent of College Beats now, although I do still own it, but it basically started just as I had mentioned, you know, through my detailing business and realizing that there was high liability in detailing cars, that if you were going to have employees, if you were going to be detailing $100,000 cars, you know, you need $250,000 worth of insurance, right? Not, you know, not per month, but at least to cover you. So I realized that my whole detailing business wasn't so much to detail cars as it was to develop relationships. And who could afford a $300 detail, right? Somebody with some money. And that that whole business model ultimately became successful. And one of my clients owned a marketing and promotional product franchise uh, called Embroid Me. And basically, at that same time, I was also going to UC Blue Ash for business management and technology. And I met a gentleman in my marketing class that had founded College Beats. And at the time, if his dad would have been selling vacuum cleaners, you know what I would have been selling for the past four years? Vacuum cleaners. Vacuum cleaners. <laughs> that like, I don't care what I'm doing. Like whether or not it's the fitness industry or it's the entertainment industry. Like I said, the, the entertainment industry chose me. And back then he had 20,000 followers on Twitter. And that just blew my mind. I was like, wow, like that's incredible. 20,000 customers. Like all I got to do is, you know, set this guy up with merchandise, right? Mm -hmm. And that, you know, what's the first step of that? Making a logo, making a website, right? And I basically took College Beats all the way from zero to Post Malone within one year. And I invested in my own laptop. I invested into my own camera. And my partner basically said, well, if you invest all of these things, I'll take care of you, right? So I did ultimately gain the, got the paperwork, you know, kind of pre-Post Malone and post-Post Malone. Where post post Malone, you know, my partner did invest more into equipment, and we also worked with 101.1 The Wiz, which was a, a local Radio One station. And like we were talking about earlier, the benefits of entrepreneurship as well that 
as a child, you know, from the east side of town, a more rural area, the only hip hop that I had was 101.1 The Wiz. And I shared that with DJ Jado at an event that we produced with uh, Monty C. Benjamin, Jonas and Alcohol, Double Sin, and uh, the Feel Art Group, that it was called the Secret, the Cincy Secret Show, which was, you know, at apartments where it was invite only. And I met DJ Jado at that event. And we were heading to go get tacos or something downtown. And I told him that story that I literally dreamt of what the inside of the Wiz looked like. And they have like fabric on the back wall. And I almost can remember like from my dreams, like a fabric wall. Like as weird as that may sound, like I, I may, you know, have been projecting that, but who knows. But it's like, that's what this entrepreneurial shit drama is all about. Like Krista, right? Like this, like at 15 years old, when I wanted to, you know, put everything that I had behind the YouTube channel, meeting people like Krista is also a part of that um, entrepreneurial benefits, right? That I think not enough entrepreneurs talk about the benefits because they don't want to seem like they have an ego. And for me, ego is just self-promotion. And that if you're an entrepreneur, if, you're, if you don't have an ego or that if you're not self-promoting, you're not going to be making any money. And if you're not making any money, you can't account for anything. If you're not accounting for anything, you're not living for anything, right? And, right. That, and you need uh, to have a personal brand on top of whatever brand that you're trying to build as well, because they can put uh, a name to a face, face to the name, what, however that works, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely. And that was the other issue with College Beats that my partner would say that I was not attractive enough to be in front of the camera. But, you know, since I had all of this equipment and he wasn't willing to come out and be in front of the camera, it's like, well, I've got to make content. That if I yeah. own this studio, that whether or not it's, you know, networking with people like Dom to put him in a position that, to be honest... I'm an introvert trapped in an extrovert's body that I'd much rather be chilling, fishing and relaxing. But this society forces us to be extroverted, you know? So like you said, as a techie, you know, in a sense that I'd much rather, you know, be behind the scenes, but in order to network for my, you know, Stone Lake Productions company, a podcast and getting in front of the camera is, a necessity like it's almost like a human right now that we were talking about um everybody's gonna have a podcast you know everybody's gonna have a cryptocurrency you know we're just gonna get rid of names and your name is just gonna be your 16 digit uh crypto uh code right <laughs> that's the thing that scares the shit out of me yeah well and uh and also a part of it too is i i did do you know some well in crypto as well so that also helped the journey um also as a mechanic you know before my grandpa uh, or after my grandpa we had a porsche racing team use the shop um also a mechanic for the past few years so i i have some mechanical experience so i've restored a 1991 camaro that actually happens to be the first series on my youtube channel that i created and the money that i made through that restoration and ultimate selling is what put me in this position that I am now that you know through digging out you know a 20 year old car it was a, a b4c police package Camaro 
that my neighbor's brother-in-law, his dad was a chief of police or somebody big up in uh, Indiana and gave his 16-year-old son a Camaro for his birthday. And over the period of several years, you know, it just got, you know, to the point where it had an overheating issue, right? So they stuck it in the wood, you know, they stuck it in my neighbor's back lot for about two, three, four years. And my neighbor got tired of looking at it. And so he took the forks of his bobcat and went underneath the Camaro and then brought it back into the woods. Because we've got about five acres. My neighbor's got five acres. We've got about an acre and a half. Um, and so that's where I dug out that car that we took a strap, we strapped it around the, the wheel well, basically like the tire rim, and we just drug it out of the, the mud, you know, paid 500 bucks for it, put three grand into it. And uh, I feel bad in a sense because I did promise the guy that I would never sell it. But like as a 15 year old having three cars, like I got to get rid of something. Like every, my parents were giving me shit, like, come on, man. And I, I never got in a car accident, and I got straight A's and B's, so my insurance was like 100 bucks every two months, so it wasn't that bad. But um, tires on a Camaro are like $1,200 because they're like so fat. You know right, what I mean? Sad, Camaro yeah. tires are probably a foot in some change. You know, and I uh, – so that's also how I was able to sustain myself that I don't buy expensive clothes – you know, I use it, make it do or do without. I don't have a credit card. I, we pay for everything with cash. Uh, I don't have any student loans. That I wanted to go to a better school, which is another reason why I, I left partly. That I do have about, you know, four or so left, you know, to go towards, you know, uh, grand towards school. But it's kind of like I want to get a job that pays for school, right? That... I don't want to owe anybody anything. I don't want to have any debt. I don't want to have any interest. That, that's just my mentality. And I'm probably wrong because then I'm not going to have uh, uh, credit built up. And that's what you were talking about in the previous podcast too, how important it is to build credit. Yeah, well, I honestly, I've had a credit card for about a year now. And I was always reluctant to get a credit card i would say you know i don't need it i don't want to get in trouble credit cards are trouble all you hear is people getting into insane credit card debt and they're paying it off for years and then interest like your your credit score is terrible and then your interest rates go up and you can't get a mortgage or you can't get a car loan or whatever so it's weird how credit works it's, it's almost like our society wants you it's it's considered good to owe people money if that makes sense it's almost it's better to like like finance a car and then build credit rather than here's 20 grand in cash that's or it, buy like a half-assed car that will get you by you know well, that then it comes into everybody wants to look like they're a high roller when well exactly high. and that's what what comes down to the major issue that it's keeping up with the joneses right you know and although my grandparents come from europe you know my dad's side of the family has more of that american type of mentality where you know i wish i saved more money you know that like as an entrepreneur like it's great to invest money into your business and and now finally like i'm set up to a point where like 
once I start making money, it's basically gravy because I've already invested all the money into my equipment, right? And that, you know, obviously, unfortunately, with technology, there's new stuff that comes out every year. Mm-hmm. But I think, like we were talking about earlier before the podcast, uh, financial literacy and not only taxes and accounting, but also how to make money, like mm-hmm. how to charge people, how to create your own services. You know, what are you good at? Like, I mean, it's it's such a, like, that's why you should be going to school. Like, what are you the best at, right? That when my grandpa was taken from his Hungarian village, he wanted to be an electrical engineer so he could bring power back to his village and, uh, for him, when he got to Munich or wherever he was studying, they said, no, Henry, you suck at electrical engineering. You should be a mechanical engineer, right? That, think about that, right? That then, what did he do? Work for Multifold. What did he do? You know, build up uh, assembly lines. You know, go to Hong Kong. You know, fly over there, all over the world to help assemble these assembly lines that he would invent, Right? that he wasn't supposed to be an electrical engineer, that I think we don't ask that enough of ourselves, that sure, we can have dreams, but I don't like the mentality of everybody trying to be the boss, that, sorry, some people do need to be team members, and without a team, nobody can, like, like our society can't just be all bosses. Like, I don't know how that would possibly work, that without people like as my dad says that I need to work my strengths and hire my weaknesses and that the reason why a lot of businesses may fail is because there's one person trying to do a thousand jobs that I think um, you know with technology like we're literally within the last hundred years how much pressure that is on us now to do lighting sound audio uh, computer engineering, like, uh, and then also taking care of your home, right? That not only, you know, are you trying to feed yourself, but you're trying to multitask, you know, 50-fold. I think people are underestimating how much pressure that is now on us, right? Uh, There's a ton of pressure on us nowadays from our parents, from our teachers, professors, grandparents, everything. There's pressure from social media. You're trying, like you said, it's keeping up with the Joneses. It's always comparing yourself to others, comparing yourself, comparing what you have. Yeah, like who, like have. who is, who is the goat versus putting the time in yourself to become the goat that too many people are looking outward in, you know, who the goat is or who the greatest of all time is versus trying to be the best themselves. Well, I think we oftentimes look in the micro rather than the macro and we want short-term gratification. gratification. Yeah. We want short-term gratification rather than and it's easy to just adhere to the status quo or you know, just do what everybody else is doing rather than sacrifice and think macro, think long-term, 
and be okay with long-term gratification knowing you might have to eat shit for a couple of years. And that's what I have to tell myself sometimes when I'm sitting there and I'm sitting at the laptop and it's, you know, it's 1am and I got it and I committed to a date that I wanted to get the podcast out or I wanted to get the YouTube thing out. And it's like, you know, I could just be, you know, I could be doing anything else right now or like I could, I could be like, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to, I'm fine with going to get a nine to five job and just being complacent. I, I don't want to be complacent. Well, so I think you know, meeting it's, it's people just, like, like said, me yeah. will help your efficiency as well to where like using Ecamm, for example, that literally after I'm done with a production, I hit end and it spits out a video and, and I know audio file that uh, it's immediate, right? That what sort of right. editing that you do you do? Or is this just uploading? Like what is your process? Yeah. So my process real briefly is we do this on zoom. So it's very easy. And this is why I tell so many people that they should just start a podcast. Even if they don't think it's their thing, it's a absolutely great medium to learn. Cause I think knowledge is power and learn and learn. free knowledge it's is free knowledge, <laughs> free knowledge, free networking. Think that about your it. Your teachers is, didn't actually go and do it. They're just teaching a book. Like, like if right. teachers are basically people that couldn't do it in their industry. Right. You know, so in my sense. Per- and or people that want to learn that, you know, a part of getting better yourself is teaching other people. So, you know, no hate, like, you know, no yes. offense here. Yes. So teachers. here's what I do is I'll do the zoom. We'll do this zoom right now. I will be given an audio file and a video file from zoom. So I'll take the audio. I'll go into garage band, listen to the whole thing, cut out any little dead space or. Oh, anything. really? Why do you yeah, do, do that? Just cut out whatever just I need to, like to make it a little bit better quality. Yeah. Or if, you know, something goes wrong and oh, okay. like throughout it and there's some, you know, we cut out or anything like that okay. just edit that part out. And then uh, like kind of mark down what the times are where it's, actually I'll usually just upload uh, the regular clip, the full clip to YouTube and then going through cutting up micro clips, which everybody sees on social media. Whereas you know, sometimes it's an Instagram reel. So it's zero, you know, 10 to 30 seconds, or sometimes it's an IGTV live or longer video, one to three minutes going through, chopping that up, getting rid of all the ands, ums. And what are you, what's your editing software? So GarageBand, like I said, just for the audio and then for the video Premiere Pro. Okay. Okay. And that's how I make the, that's how I make Traditionally, I had done iMovie and then some apps to make everything, and it was just a longer process. Now I can just do everything on Premiere Pro, and it's yeah. a lot easier. And, a and lot are more you efficient. have your do you render before you export? Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. So like, just trying like to get you, the best. Quality. You like highlight whatever you're working on, and then you go up to. Um, okay. Cool. Yeah. It's like those little things like saved my butt, like mm-hmm. with with doing the 30 episodes for the radio station, you know, we'd shoot on a Tuesday. I'd get in at seven. We'd shoot till probably 11. I'd get home at midnight. I'd edit till two. I'd process till four. I'd upload till six. And then I was so wired that I'd be up till noon. It's a process, man. And I'm still learning like to anybody listening right now, it is constantly a learning process. I've made mistakes I've lost all the editing I've done because I've just not been smart about it. And, but that's how you learn. 
is yeah. you go in and you make mistakes, but the only time that you fail is when you stop going is when you stop taking action. Yeah. So, and also, you know, something to also offer people that a little bit of self promo here that if you don't want to go through all of that work yourself, you hire, hire Tony me to do it for you. You hire right? Tony. <laughs> hire me. Yeah. You know, that, uh, without having to have really any equipment yourself or, you know, just having your laptop mm -hmm. that, like I was saying that I'm starting to realize, you know, obviously the production quality is important, mm -hmm. but what is really at the core, you know, looking at clubhouse, you know, have you seen that new app? Yeah. I'm on the waiting list right now. I don't okay. know how that works. Oh, wow. So. Well, I offered a key on my invite or I would invite you. Uh, but what I would say is that Clubhouse is basically going to kill podcasts because the whole idea of podcasts is to network with people, right? Like, obviously, sure, making content, that's important. Like, that's for us. Mm -hmm. But in reality, we want to strike gold. Like, basically, like, we're gold miners of podcasters trying to find that connection that's going to land us that next job, right? Sure. And I think with Clubhouse, you haven't been on there yet, but it's basically like 30 to 40 to more people in one room sharing their experience. Everybody's being patient. Everybody's being polite that it's a public comment section, right? And that if you talk about yourself, you've got like 60 people already there that will follow up with you and, and follow you on Instagram and contact you, right? So it's basically like having a podcast as if your audience was live with a mic also to talk to you. Like just imagine if, you know, your 600 viewers were all in this Zoom with us giving input and then if they liked us, they could immediately contact us, right? Like, oh. holy crap. Like... I don't know how to record a clubhouse party, but we almost need to create a clubhouse podcast where we record the conversations because there's like hundreds of people that can participate. I mean, it's amazing. Like it's so much content for hours, like eight hours, like 10 hours. There's just like rooms of people. Like it's That's crazy. Incredible. And That's they're all incredible. talking simultaneously, like, and no work. Like, yeah, you don't have to edit anything, right? And you still get to interact with hundreds of people, which is what we're trying to do on Instagram. And I think Clubhouse, with the exclusive model, I deleted my Facebook before 2020. That I just felt that I was on it too much. There's too mm -hmm. much family on there, you know, that... Facebook's just getting too like real life. Like it feels like an extension of the government, you know, that it's like, uh, it's just too public for me. Mm -hmm. Right. And I know, I mean, what's your experience with Facebook that I'm probably missing out too, you know, that I did have someone reach out to me, uh, Brandon Davis. And he talked about how like, Oh yeah, Tony, I followed you on Facebook. And then, you know, you just kind of disappeared. And I love now being on your Instagram. That's like, wow. Like I screwed up by leaving Facebook, people that I didn't even know that was seeing my content now miss me and wonder what I'm doing. You know, so that's also an interesting part about Clubhouse is its exclusivity, right? 
Sure. So my experience with Facebook, I didn't get on Facebook. I wasn't one of those kids who had Facebook when they were like nine and 10 years old. That wasn't me. Uh, I didn't get Facebook till I was a junior in high school and I really just got it so I could have access to all the pictures of, you know, um, like a trip that I just went on. So that was. Yeah. And that's my biggest regret that like all Mm -hmm. the pictures from Europe and all my pictures, I I downloaded everything, but it's sitting on a hard drive. Right. That's so much more convenient to look on and Facebook. I have, I do really like what Facebook does with the groups though. And they have been really effective for me. Like I'm in a Facebook group with a ton of fellow podcasters and they share their tips. Uh, It's a good way to network with other podcasters. Like I said, get some tips on, you know, how I can improve. And it's just a good, like I said, it's a good networking uh, thing. And also I like, I have a Facebook page for this podcast. The business. So exactly. And I think that's you need the to direction be multi- I need to go. Yeah. You need to be uh, multi-faced. Yeah. In- I got off of it personally, but I think professionally, professionally. I definitely need to, and I do actually have one right. uh, that I did end up signing up for, you know, mid year, but I haven't been on it at all. So. <laughs> Cause you see there's people who may not have Instagram or yeah, may not yeah, have yeah. LinkedIn Oh, yeah. And so that's why that's another, it's a process posting to all these different platforms oh, yeah. and it, it, you know, it's tough, but you know what? It, it, it's okay. You got to do it. Yeah. You got You got to do it. You got to be multi-faced. What if one platform completely crashes and you invested all your eggs into that platform? But also, like I said, there's people who may only use Facebook and that's the only way that they're seeing when my new content is being put out. So you have to be able to, you know, adhere to those people. Well, the businesses right. that, you know, those, yeah, exactly. those uh, and let's be honest, those adults that are now on Facebook, those are the ones that own the businesses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that's who is the target market to be talking to. Right. right? Exactly. So, uh, and like you said, the posting is frustrating that, you know, often when you're only getting, you know, several hundred views, that, you know, we're not Krista here, you know, you know, uploading puppy videos, getting 20,000, you know, I'm like, come on, like, you know, she went to Arizona, and I was like, you got to get a video of, like, your dog's reaction of seeing you after not seeing you all weekend, you know, get some promo game up. Yeah. <laughs> so totally. what has been your experience with Krista? That, what's that, because that's what I noticed most about you, is that having reoccurring guests on triggered something into my brain like how joe rogan has joey diaz on right krista is your joey diaz yeah well i've only done <laughs> i've only done because she's from jersey too right yeah <laughs> Come on, i've so i've done about 30 something episodes uh and krista we just had a very long conversation and i was like you know what i'm gonna break this up into two episodes and you know what uh... Yes. No. She was oh, not a. Re- she okay. was not a. No. She was not a reoccurring oh, guest. That was. See. That's the the ma- the magic of editing. Exactly. Depending on how long this goes, this could turn into. <laughs> this could turn into a two episode deal. Oh, true. true. Just because. The I've gotten like I listened to the feedback of the people who take the time to actually listen. Like I'm so grateful for everybody, no matter how many people it is. If it's three people who listen to an episode, I don't care. I'm super appreciative of everybody who does yeah. that. And I'm appreciative of the feedback that comes back. And what the feedback I've gotten is people are more likely 
to tune in and they're more likely to listen to the whole thing if it's only a 30 to 40 minute episode rather I'm not Tim Ferriss. I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not well, the other side Shetty. Of it, I can't like a, do from a monetization standpoint. Watch time is king. Watch like time with, is king with, with it, YouTube and stuff that exactly you know, watch time. And that's, so yeah. Also, I just it's easier to not it's not that it's yeah. easier. People, the feedback I've gotten is people like to listen to the ones that are a little bit shorter, and also. I can go back and it's like, all right, yeah, we could sit and talk for two hours and that would be great. But, you know, people are not interested. Yeah. A lot of people aren't going to sit there and listen to a two hour conversation. They're yeah. more likely to tune in for their 30 to 40 minute car ride. No, and that's something that I just learned that you just taught me something. You know, yeah. so I'm getting that value as well, where Krista interviewing me was my first interview right. that, you know, you talked about locally that although I have supported a lot of people locally, nothing has been reciprocated sure. and that I have not been asked on any podcasts in my local area. Sure. Right. So you featuring me, this is my second podcast that I've been on that I've probably done, let's call it 40 to 50 uh, podcasts. And that that's what it's all about. Like getting into a podcasting community where everybody's featuring everybody else. So I definitely would love to get into that Facebook group. I think that is the key to podcast growth. At least what I've seen in myself, the more and more people that I talk to like yourself who have podcasts, sharing tips, ideas, yeah. things that have worked, things that haven't worked has been monumental for my growth. And I'm still, I say this all the time. I am still growing every single episode I go through I see what I did well, what I yeah. did not do well, mostly what I did not do well. And I try to get feedback from other people because at the same, ultimately this podcast is not about me. It's about building a community of yeah. people that are striving to maximize their lives every day. Yeah. And that's the ultimate goal. And to have a purpose with what you're doing. Have a purpose. Exactly. That's been the theme of the show is just talking with people who are trying to find their purpose, trying to, you know, trying to make their way through life. Yeah, and I think someone like you, that if you could solely focus on just being the host and didn't have to deal with all the minutia, whereas that's what I more so enjoy myself, mm -hmm. right? That like we have a few projects that I don't know how deep you want to talk to about on the podcast, but, you know, once we do get together, you know, I'm going to be able to set you up to where that is going to be that next level, right? That all I want you to have to focus on is you being the talent, right? That I talk about that to artists all the time that I want you to just focus on your art, you know, like focus on what you do best, that all this extra stuff, you know, that that shouldn't even be a thought that, you know, with my detailing business that I had a $900 steam cleaner. I knew I was going to do a good job, right? Like I knew that I was going to do a good job. And I think, that would help your process and help you go to the next level, you know, that uh, the production side, right? What other, obviously we're not on my podcast right now, but you know, for, for <laughs> your good. audience, this is know, a conversation. For, yeah, exactly. Conversation. For, your, for your audience to know, like what are your short and long-term goals for the podcast, you know, and yourself that you've obviously built a personal brand, but what about professionally? Like what can people see or, you know, gain 
from like a business level from you? From business level from, for me, um, that's interesting. Well, I think they look at me and I like to say, I'm just, I'm just some schmuck. I'm just a kid who, right. I'm just a chach. I just wanted to start a podcast and I did that. And what I want people to see is that you can go after something. If you have a dream or not even a dream, if you just want to start playing the guitar or if you want to start a side business or if you want to do anything, it's just look at me. Like all it took was a little drive, a little initiative, stepping out of your comfort zone. I want people to look at me and be like, okay, he did it. So why can't I do it? You know what I mean? And I'm not, I don't have any professional experience. I'm still in college. Everybody has a laptop with a camera. Everybody's a laptop with a camera. I truly, what I want people to, like I said, what I want people to do is they look at me, they'd be like, you know, he started something, he stepped out of his comfort zone and you know he got, went and made it happen and it there's been some there's been some highs there's been more lows than there have been highs but every and what are those single, lows like what like do you mean like staying up late to edit and just like shit going wrong just the grunt, like you know hanging in on a friday night when you want to go out and you know party with your friends or uh just making some sacrifices you yeah. know late like you well, said I mean you got to look you got to look at alcohol as like poison basically like well, that's, yeah. you know, but obviously you want to enjoy your time with your friends and stuff, but it's like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I have a different perspective that, like I said, my best friend, you know, you know, being, having that harder lifestyle drinking quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, although you being 21, you know, how old are you? I'm 21. Exactly. So yeah, like have fun. Like this is your life, right. That, uh, enjoy it and have that experience to look back on. But at a certain point, it gets sad that, you know, whether or not it's drinking and driving, not saying you're drinking and driving or anything like that, but, you know, that it's just a risky, you know, uh, but also it's networking too, that that's what some, some people don't also understand that about, you know, the Rona is Mm -hmm. that part of schools, like, although we were talking about earlier about how it's like the industrial revolution and it's, you know, real old format. In reality, the whole purpose of school and the better school you go to is for networking. It's for going out to the bars with those guy friends that guess what? Their daddy owns a company and they're hiring and Dom needs a job. All right, I'm going to call Dom. That that is what people don't realize that, yeah, sure, you're going to learn stuff at school. That's important. But fraternities, you know, parties, that building that rapport and love for somebody else that the minute your dad or your uncle or your cousin says, Hey, I need to hire four people. Oh, Dom's my best friend. I hang out with them at the bar every week. You know, sure. I'm going to give them a call that that is how the capitalist, you know, system runs really, you know, is by like partying with people because guess what? If you're making a bunch of money, you want to be able to party with those people. You want to be able to love those people and have fun. Right. And that's the kind of, that's a corporation. Yeah. Right. And there's the entrepreneurial formula, but the thing, here's the thing, here's the catch. And this is my, this is just my take on it. I think the formula for entrepreneurship or even the formula to, to getting where you want to go in life, there is no one definitive formula. Everybody's is going to be different. 
So yeah. you can't look at someone else's success and how they quote unquote made it. Yeah, and the thing however just, you want to define yeah, it. The thing that just struck me, then I'm somewhat losing it, but that my definition of success is how many other people are you able to help become successful because you in yourself being successful is luck, right? But can you replicate it in other people? And the reason why everybody's journey is different is because everybody had to help different sorts of people. And that because you help somebody, whether or not it's McDonald's and you're helping the company fry fries, that you're providing value. And then at the end of the week, they're paying you. And I think that as entrepreneurs, people don't respect sweat equity, right? That I wish like every minute of every second of a day had a value. And that if you could equate how much time that I've spent in researching and dedicating time to entrepreneurship, you can't equate that. Like, for example, like, uh, you know, stay-at-home moms. Like, you can't equate that work, right? Like, how do you quantify time, right? And I think the entrepreneurial journey starts with, helping people and that that's what I learned from business school as well that I thought it was all about security and making as much money as I could as quickly as possible so then I can become a philanthropist right but what I was told was is that actually through philanthropy you can actually meet wealthy philanthropists and guess what since they're philanthropists they'll help you out right, right. and that that's another way to become wealthy yourself is by blindly helping other people and then through that good work and through that goodwill and through that good karma that someone who is that rich philanthropist will see what you're doing and support you i like that and i like what you said about the quantifying a stay-at-home mom sweat in that job yes yeah, i saw it's funny i saw a thing i don't know how long ago it was but it was saying if a full-time mom, if moms were paid to be moms full-time, it'd be like 200,000, 250K a year. Yeah. Much, my mom deserved way more than that too for what she had to deal with with, exactly. my, uh, with my siblings. So exactly. it's, a good, it's a good way to look at it. And also, I like what you said about success and measuring it and what your definition of success is. I saw a Gary Vee Venn diagram the other day and it was like success, it lies in the middle of this Venn diagram. And in the one circle is money, obviously, like, you know, how much money it, it makes, it takes to formulate your quote unquote success, money, happiness, and like your hustle. So it's like how it's kind of balancing those three. It's like, how hard do you want to work? How happy do you want to be? And how much money is going to it's it's ultimately and how much happiness. sacrifice it's, right that and it's also exactly. like for me like with work so it's just like, figuring out the balance and it's almost like here's another quote for you that it's like i hate work so much that i want to do as good of a job possible in order to get work done in the shortest amount of time sure right and that that's why i want to be good at this right that the only reason why i want to be good at it is because i want to do a good job so it can be over with as quickly as possible you know that uh yeah, I don't know. That's just my, and I love that, you know, being able to like flesh this stuff out finally. 
you know, that as an only child, like I'm alone a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. so a lot of these uh, visions or mottos or, uh, you know, that that I asked uh, Jeff Weiler, which was uh, an owner of a car dealership during an entrepreneurial speaker series, what is more important, long-term vision or short-term gains? And he said, and he, and it stumped him. You know, it was a big auditory of, uh, auditorium of people, right? I got his card after we vibed, you know, because I had the detailing business and stuff. But what I learned from that was that, you know, long-term vision over short-term gains. But what I've learned over this last year is that it's this, long-term gains over short-term gains. That you still have to have those gains in there, gains such as, you know, Krista, you know, gains as far as, you know, doing a job with Monster. You know, we just did a virtual concert with Monster. That uh, it's, this journey does pay off. That, uh, you know, being, you know, in 2015, to talk a little bit more about, you know, the genesis of how I put everything behind this, that, you know, with me and my friends, like, I would take all my phone videos and I would make it into a documentary every few years, right? And I also look at all of this content as glorified home movies. Mm-hmm. That when we're 60 years old, like, sure, I may be, I'm going to be homeless, but I'm going to have hard drives. Like, that's the movie, like, homeless with hard drives. That it's like, I'm going to have a lot of content that I put together, you know, to watch one day. You know, that uh, it's glorified home movies. That this is benefiting me. Like, that's what I'm getting out of this is, you know, uh, you could call it a legacy, but you know. So that's that. That was another um, thought that I had about creating this content. That if a lot of people feel that it's a waste of their time, look at your content as glorified home movies. Right. Where do you want to see your? If you are to look back at yourself in ten, twenty, thirty, fifty years. What legacy do you want to leave for yourself? What legacy do you want to leave for your kids, your family? You want to have something to look back on. I'm going to look back on these and you're going to look back on your podcasts in 20, 30 years. And you're going to be like, we're going to laugh. Damn, You're going to laugh about it, but (laughs) I can't believe what I was saying. (laughs) Yeah. But it's at least you're not regretting it. And you're like, you know, I might be sitting around with my buddies and, you know, I don't want to be that guy that says like, man, like, I wish I did that, or I could have done that, or I should have done that. I don't want to be that. I want to be the guy who went back, Not what went if. out and he took you the know, risk. Oh, well, and, you know, oh, well yeah. versus what if. Yeah. And you look back at, and you see the failures too. I don't, I'm not afraid of failure. I'm in admitting failure, failure is the biggest te- yeah. Failure is the biggest teacher for me. Like uh, one of my mentors told me like, if you didn't fail at something today, then you didn't try hard enough because if you're just constantly sitting in that comfort zone where you're just seeing these little successes, these little successes, chances are you're not doing anything to better yourself. So I'm trying to do something every single day that makes me uncomfortable and I may fail at, but then you know, you go out and I'm a big journaler, so I can journal that down. Here's something I tried today. Yeah. Failed. I'm going to go try to do it again. And if you didn't film it and if you didn't film it, it didn't happen. Right, that's the right. society we that's live in. The, that's <laughs> the other thing, too. And I think uh, with entrepreneurship, if you have a nine-to-five job, you may have a new job every two years. As an entrepreneur, you need a 1,000 jobs because every 
two months, every two weeks, every two hours, something's going to be, somebody's going to drop the ball. And that, you know, you have to have 100 LLCs, mm-hmm. right? And that also another suggestion is business is not about emotions. That, you know, you may be creating a business or you may be writing a beat or writing a song. And you want to look at that as your baby. That's the worst way to go about it. Look at it as you have 100 LLCs or 100 babies or, you know, 100 products, right? And that I think people uh, will limit themselves because they want to protect their brand. And it's important to protect your personal brand. It's, you know, important. But this is my suggestion. Open up a holdings company and then start 100 LLCs. And then if you want to work with someone, partner up with them on one of your random LLCs. That it's something that is what I'm recommending. That, you know, with me and Dom, with, you know, whatever marketing agency that we develop, that, you know, I want it to be 50-50-50 across the board, but I want to help Dom make his own individual thing. I'm doing my own individual thing. And then we're coming together on a joint venture where it's not the end of the world if it goes wrong. Like there's no strings attached where, you know, uh, I don't own you. And that's similarly to what I'm offering to a lot of these artists here that, you know, listening to Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson's producer, that they went through a thousand songs before they found any hits that you have to first put in those thousand bad ideas or those thousand interviews that, I mean, that's, that was another thought that I was talking to Keon about because he always talks about a thousand true fans, right? Well, you know how you get a a thousand true friends, interview a thousand people and those people will be your friends and fans, you know, that, uh, that that's literally what we're doing here. No, that is what we're doing. That's exactly right. And, you know, I think that's kind of a pretty good place to wrap up is, absolutely is, you know, like, all right, it's all, that's the theme of this podcast was if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, you go together. So it's all about making the connections, meaningful relationships. It's great to on LinkedIn. Hey, it's great to connect on here. But what's that one step you take beyond the that? purpose? What's the purpose of this it's, relationship? And I'm pursuing dumb, you know, we're pursuing each other's success and motivating each other. Right. One last thing that I wanted to ask you yeah. that I had to, was it true that you were Post Malone's personal beer guy? <laughs> Yeah, at one time, uh, the I had to ask this. The beer in the green room was warm, and I unfortunately I should have brought more. I only brought like a twelve pack, thinking that his fridge wasn't going to be very large, and so and it's kind of you know somewhat embarrassing. But I actually knelt down to present it, so you know for the memes, you know to be able to say this later, and that was like two beers that I drank the fastest that I've ever drank in my life that like, you know, sure. I put it in the, fr- the fridge, but man, and that ultimately during the night in Nashville in 2017, uh, pre face tats, um, that I got the opportunity to shoot with them. And 
review the footage and be the plug for the beer that there was warm beer in the green room. So whose beer was he going to drink? Right. You know, right. I just got beer from the gas station, like hen to, to work with them. So bring in value though. There you exactly. go. Exactly. You saw a need for him and you got some beer. So yeah, I like that. Yeah. You know, good things come to those who bring value to others. And that's ultimately what I'm trying to do with this podcast. That's what you've been trying to do with your podcast. And for everybody listening, be on the lookout. You're going to be seeing a lot more Atoni on my page and we're cooking up some really good stuff. If you haven't already, uh, follow him. I will drop all of his links in the show notes. Tony, my friend, oh, it was yeah. an absolute pleasure. Good radio, it, man. Always good, good radio. This is you know, the first of many, first of yep. many. And uh, you know, just very grateful for our relationship that we've developed over the past couple of weeks, couple of months. And I'm just really excited for what we're going to do in the future. Yeah, and I'll have you on my podcast as well that I'm sure Dope. you've got more to do today, but we'll do that soon. So definitely check that out, Dom, over on my page, the Total Potential Podcast. You can also find me at Anthony Marshall Prugal. There you go. And definitely check me out. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Tony, as I said, it's been a pleasure. Looking yep. forward to continuing this relationship. And everybody listening, you know, it's all about you. We want to bring value to you guys. So, Tony, thank you, as always, for we'll your you. wisdom and your insight. and. Bye, everybody.